What's up, everybody? What's up? This is Carmine Davis, and you're listening to The Carmine Davis Show. What the fuck are you doing? Um, what the fuck is Tia? What's Tia? Okay. It wouldn't be a Carmine Davis show if I didn't somehow integrate some Nikki-ism in it. I'm becoming such a barb. And I'm like, I don't know how to feel about it. It seems like it's almost like um a virus. I don't know. <laughs> Coming to Barb, like, I don't know where I'm showing all the symptoms. I just, I just kind of don't want to believe it, if that makes any sense. Okay, well, anyway, just in case you are just tuning in, this is your first show for some odd reason. Make sure you follow, rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. Give me five stars, because I don't do this for my health, honey. Um, I've been changing the format. I like to just kind of jump right into it. But first of all, let me tell you how my week, I'm sorry, how my week went, um, Everything was amazing. I have a cool new business venture that I'm doing, and I'm actually running late to a meeting because my computer keeps glitching while I record this show. Stuff so is a little late. Bear with me. Um, but yeah, so I have a meeting later on about a business venture that I've been working on, and um, all that jazz. And I hope your week has been prosperous. Um, and I guess our weeks are not the only one that's been prosperous. Twitter has have some experimentation shit going on um i don't know how i feel about it um this is the hot topic coming from lovebiscott.com um twitter is experimenting with a dislike button it appears that twitter is in the early stages of testing a dislike downvote button on some users on ios um in screenshots of twitter support messages that surfaced on wednesday july 21st it is confirmed that the platform is testing the dislike option in replies to tweets um, the users who post the replies won't be able to see the dislikes, and the dislikes themselves aren't visible um, to the public. But Twitter says they are using the information to help us understand what people think is valuable to the conversation. All right, in a statement they released on Wednesday, Twitter confirms that select users have been granted the ability to give up votes or down votes to certain tweets they see on the platform. Um, we're testing this to understand the types of replies you find relevant in a convo. So we can work on ways to show more of them, Twitter says of their experiment. Your downvotes aren't public while your upvotes will be shown as likes. If Twitter ever does fully implement dislikes and voting options for tweets, there will be a lot of discussions about the moves. On one hand, a lot of people would prefer Twitter just give them an edit button. After all, there are a few things more annoying than a stupid mistake in an otherwise fire tweet. Then, of course, there are there's the matter of whether people need more ways to disapprove of what someone is saying online. Um, this news arrives days after Twitter announced that they would be discontinuing fleets. An Instagram story-esque feature that allowed users to post images of themselves or their tweets on a space where people could look at them off the timeline. In a blog post they published last week, Twitter explained their decision to have the feature removed from the platform. We built fleets as a lower pressure and formal way for people to share their fleeting thoughts, um, reads one part of the post. We hoped fleets would help more people feel comfortable joining the conversation on Twitter, but in the time since we introduced fleets to everyone, we haven't seen an increase in the number of new people joining the conversation with fleets like we hoped. Because of this, on August the 3rd, fleets will no longer be available on Twitter. 
considering the way fleets played out, it's clear that tests, these tests Twitter's go through are just that test to evaluate interest and in a new elements potentially being added to the site. Um, I personally will use the dislike more. Op- I would probably use this dislike button more than the fleets. I personally wouldn't. Um, I think. Okay, I have a weird relationship with social media. Um, I think it's necessary. I wouldn't have a platform without it. Um, because y'all don't know me like that. Y'all know me from social media, and I know that. Um, I'm aware of that and I understand that. Um, I'm thankful for Twitter. I'm thankful for Instagram and all that, but I don't like the way um they treat uh sub like popular platforms or popular users that aren't famous like i feel like there's a group of people um like you know pseudo what they call them i I hate using that word influencers that are constantly in this testing realm um for the algorithm how do i explain it back in the day when you used to follow people on instagram you always saw their content which made you keep up with them like everything you posted or anything like that people would see it. Um, nowadays with the algorithm, like on Twitter and Instagram, it's all about who you like and who you uh, retweet. So if you retweet Nicki Minaj a million one times, um, you're going to see more Nicki. Oh my God, here I go talking about Nicki Minaj again. My good Lord, I'm a barb. Oh my God, I do not want to admit that. I don't want to be, I'm a late in life Barb. And I just, I've, I've even found out that I'm a Nikki hate train Barb. When she started beefing with Cardi, that's when I really kind of stood, stood up and took notice after the motorsport record. The fact that those two bitches were verbally annihilating each other right in the middle, like they were sandwiched in between some other senseless song. Um, and this was one of the best verbal sparrings that I've ever heard on a song back and forth in my life. Like they were talking about each other. I thought that was so iconic. And when she opened the line with watch a man, then you should watch your mouth. I was floored. But anyway, so you follow and you double tap a bunch of Nicki Minaj photos or you um, retweet um, Garcelle from... Real Housewives of Beverly Hills a couple of times. She is taking the space from someone else who may not tweet as often or who you may have seen and you liked, but you didn't immediately engage with that person. So there's a lot of information that is lost in between instead of getting um, the news as it came, which is a good thing because your Twitter is not flooded with information or a bunch of people that you don't engage with. Um, and it's also what you really want to see more than anything. But sometimes in between there, once you have people like me who don't tweet every day or all day or Instagram every day or blah, blah, blah it's hard for us people who take time in our content to find a footing. So I could have, I have thousands of followers on Twitter. Not all of them are going to be able to see my posts because their Twitter is filled with people who more famous people whom they they share out of obligation or they tweet out of obligation or fandom and people are in the middle that makes any sense I don't know if that makes any sense 
So it's hard to push through. So with this dislike button, I feel like that's another thing that's going to affect pseudo um, or our new wave influencers or social workers, like I like to call them, like social media workers. Because once, you know, a bunch of people disapprove or dislike your comment, it goes down. Basically, it's going to go down the thread. And um, Nick, uh, Lil' Kim's reply to Megan Thee Stallion's photo is going to go up higher. Therefore, finding it harder to find people who are funny and people who you might want to follow, but you can't because you see so many artists in Fontaine or Chris Rock, Chris Tucker, you'll see their comments above everyone else's. Does that make any sense? Making it harder for beginning influencers or um, influencers on their cusp to break out. I don't know if that makes any sense. Tweet me at Carmine Davis, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis, Instagram, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show. I don't think that's going to make any sense unless you're in my situation or you're an influencer yourself. You understand what I'm talking about. The algorithm that the social media, um, platforms are building is pretty much to assure that artists like um Sabrina Carpenter or um you know Nene Leaks and people like that constantly get their shine on your news feed where other people like you know mid mid influencers are getting the brunt. You know what I'm saying? So you have to actually double tap and actually work your way through because they have a larger following, if that makes any sense, and they have a harder following. I don't know how to explain it. Um, I feel like people, if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like this is another thing that's going to put, make social media workers work harder. (sighs) I don't know. I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I like the look of it at all. I just miss the days like when I first started on Instagram. People were like, how did you get so many followers? Back in the day when I first started Instagram, I was on, I had the Instagram like when it was like, um, I was way too probably, I don't know. I was, I was of age. I was of age when Instagram kind of started, but it wasn't like a thing. Like I probably had like a few people and my followers blew from there. And then what was cool was whatever you posted popped up on people's news feed. So they saw it. So the more followers you got, the more people saw your content. Therefore, people were interacting with it. Therefore, being able to spread your whatever you're spreading, I guess. And then now it's it's a little bit difficult. Like I've seen a, a completely dip of increase between my um, followers and my um, um, likes. And not that it matters, but it does when you're when you are someone who makes money from it and it does affect people like me in the same boat if that makes any sense like it's not you know it's easy for someone who sit at home who doesn't who's not a social media influencer or who doesn't consider themselves like I don't consider myself a social media influencer I consider myself an artist who works through social media if that makes any sense or uses social media as a platform um or as my main platform So I can't say that that's how I'm eating all the way through. Like, I can't say that, but it has affected uh, my business. And I feel like the only people who can't deny that are people who are either sitting at home, who work, you know, and this is it. Like, they have a regular nine-to-five job, and they don't understand how what it takes to be a social media influencer. 
or people who have a large following accumulated from TV or someone who works with who has who Instagram has an interest in already who are who's verified and already ready to go when they come to Instagram. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Okay, so um the middle segment is usually the artist spotlight where we talk about musicians, like singers, um songwriters, bands, producers, album concepts, albums, mixtapes, uh concert series, documentaries and um this time around, I've talked about this before, um, this show before, but I want to keep, I, I want to spotlight Encore, BET's Encore. Listen, now, now, damn it, if you have not found your way to NST, I don't know, why, what the fuck are you doing Wednesday night? BET the Encore is has exceeded my expectations when it comes to mess celebrity uh, unsung material. My God. My good Lord. I am in love with this show. I love it very much. I'm obsessed. You don't understand. I am obsessed with this. Is that another Nicki Minaj reference? God damn it. God damn it. Anyway, so anyway, whatever you're doing on Wednesday's night and you're not watching this, you're not doing anything, okay? Um, BT, the encore, is the best thing I've seen on TV. If you don't, let's give it a little backstory. I've talked about it before. But I'm going to give you a little backstory about it, okay? Um, okay, BET Presents The Encore is an American reality television series which is produced by Kingdom Reign Entertainment for BET. The show chronicles nine former R&B girl group members and recording artists as they form a super group to create an album within 30 days. The series stars Shamari DeVoe of Black, 702, Sisters Irish and Lamisha, Nivea, Cherish, Twins, Fallon and Felicia King, Pamela Long of T Total, Danity King's Aubrey O'Day, and Keely Williams of 3OW and the Cheetah Girls. And it, uh, the series drew 2.5 million viewers in a premiere across the all BT-related re networks. And honestly, I don't know how it hasn't done more. Okay, so I'm on the, I'm, I'm caught up on the show. I don't know how many um, episodes. It's 10. Oh, my goodness. I'm on episode seven right now, and I cannot believe the fact that episode 10 is coming in three weeks. Like, I cannot. This is a mess. Okay, so interest in the, the development of the, the series, if you just don't know, grew after a clip involving from an unaired pilot featuring former Destiny's Child member Fair Franklin and 3LW's Keely Williams went viral in 2020. Um, you know, the, the, the clip where Keely Williams is confronting um, Fair Franklin from Destiny's Child, and she's like, you know, Oh, yeah, you know, we sold millions. I sung, you know, on Say My Name. And she was like, you know, I know, but did you? You know, basically insinuating how she, of course I said I sang on Say My Name. You know, she did not. So, my God, like this is, okay, so this is some good shit. So I'm going to catch you up. It's a spoiler alert, spoiler alert. I'm going to run it down from you. Remember, I watch it in the haze. You know, I have my my pen. 
going. I got maybe some some good good shit ready to eat. I'm talking like I've had like that's my favorite meal of the week is my Wednesday night when I'm about to watch um Encore Bitch. I'll have all kind of shit. Pizza, fillets. I've had um all kind of like goodies, like girl bitch. Oh, it's it's that kind of it's that kind of show. Like it's that kind of show where you like Oh my goodness, like this is some good shit. Some good red wine, a good blunt, and some good food. And BET the Encore is the best Wednesday night program I've seen since RB Divas. I used to obsess with RB Divas Atlanta, but this is almost like RB Divas meets survival, survivor. Like it's or America's next top model. Like these bitches are off the hook. So I'm taking I'm gonna tell you, spoiler alert again. Okay, so it starts off with nine of these girls, right? You know, the names that we named. And immediately, Pruton started following and Shay started throwing, honey. They come at each other about their record sales, who's who, who's that. The Fallon twins are biggest, they are the biggest shape teapots of all of them. They are, but to me, they, they come in and people don't like how they're abrasive. Apparently, one of them got a hit on one of them Bieber records or something like that. And so now they are claiming to be the biggest name in the group. But in reality, you know, I think who's the mo- who's the highest selling in the house? I think Danny D. Aubrey O'Day was the highest selling in the house, right? Maybe 702. But the 702 girls, Mila, I mean, uh, what girl, um, what's her name? Irish and, um, and um, what's her name? Irish and Misha, man, they probably are the highest selling in the house. But they are on the struggle bus when it comes to the vocal power. It's, it's, you got to watch it. Basically, I'm spotlighting the best TV show that's on TV right now. Okay, so um, I don't know how to explain it. They have um, Elijah Blake, who's one of my favorite songwriters. I, hey, Elijah, I want you to come on the show. Um, kind of bait him to get on the show. Um. I'm trying to bet anybody to get on the show actually right now. <laughs> There's so many people that want to come on the show that I don't want on the show, but everybody that I want on the show is always busy. Like literally uh, shout out to Maya, Maya girl, holler at me when you get a chance. Maya, you know what I'm talking. If you listen to the show, you probably don't, but I like to pretend maybe you do. Um, Call me back. Email me back. But, um, Anyway, so Elijah Blake is the vocal producer of the group or whatever. Um, and Farrah and, um, and Fallon are at battle of who they're the best songwriters in the house, which they put really good songs together, but they want to lead all the songs. And of course, Nivea, to me, out of all the singers, are, is the best singer, but my God. And, and Shamari. Um, but Shamari is the only one, I feel like, whose voice has gotten better with time. The rest of these hoes, it's just, it's a kiki. Um, Keely Williams is a shitster. Aubrey O'Day, they, nothing Aubrey O'Day does. Do you hear me? Nothing Aubrey O'Day does is okay. Nothing. She's like the um, go home Roger of the show. Like, Aubrey O'Day could literally come up to them. Yeah, you know, guys, I just got off the phone with Puff. And he, he's really to work with us and put us on but 
you know, we just got to go meet with him at eight o'clock in the morning. And yeah, those bitches will be like, this bitch is manipulating the whole situation. Don't nobody want to work with Puff. We want a regular, like, no matter what they she did, they always, yeah, so, girls, I got to deal with Dior. They're going to do our costumes. Oh, well, who says we wear Dior? You know what I mean? Like, they, no matter what she does, they chop. So eventually she gets up and leaves. Like she quits. Like she, her and Keely go at it like almost to the blows. Then, okay, Nivea gets upset because she's the only solo artist of the group and she's the only one that's keeping it together. But apparently she's not getting, getting with the shade throwing. She doesn't like all the shit that's going on, all the mess and all the drama, the catty comments. Cause them Fallon sisters, honestly, it's the, the 702 sisters and the Cherish sisters that are, repugnant their mouths are disgusting them bitches are going to like come to blows they've got to come to blows before episode 10 or all that bullshit they've been talking is cat is 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 bullshit like these girls are a mess and i need y'all to go watch it immediately tell me tweet me let me know that y'all are watching bt encore because i need another season who do i want on that next season okay i'm gonna give you my roster this is who i want on the next season of BT, because they're not going to make it. These particular girls are not going to make a single. And honestly, I don't want to hear it. I'm, this, this is what I'm, I'm, go- I'm here, girls, to tell you what um, everybody at home is want to tell you. We're not interested in the song. We're not. We are very aware that y'all won't give us a song. And if it, if it doesn't involve Aubrey O'Day or Nivea, who is going to sing it? The chair sisters? Who don't want to sing with y'all no way? They are literally one one more episode from just walking out themselves. Like, it's a diva throwdown. Like, it's a mess. It's it's a mess. But it's it's a respectable kind of mess. I don't know how to describe it. Like, they're not, like, real... It's not, like, basketball wives bullshit, like, where it's disgusting. You know, they are arguing. It's a bunch of nine divas. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's different instead of nine bitches, you know, who would do anything for camera time. Um, These are nine unsung bitches who want to bring back their narrative and bring their, their, their talents back to the spotlight, whom I have respect for everyone in that house. Like, this was amazing casting. Like, I admire all of those girls. Like, oh, my God, so very much. Like, I am adore them all of those girls keely too like even keely like that bucket of chicken narrative that she's not working with but working with is amazing to me like keely williams is the mess that keeps on giving honey like she is a lot and i love it um aubrey o'day uh shamari devoe like just even what she's done with black i respect those girls to the 10th degree but, honey, we do not want to hear no single. We don't want to hear it. I love Cherish, and they are, to me, the most relevant as far as having their pulse on what's right now and what's good, and their voices are what's right now. They are the moment. Um, but I don't, I don't want to hear no Cherish-led nothing, unless it's just them. They have really good songs out. Let's do that. I don't want to hear you have, and you, all the, and you, the 702 girls, 
it's, uh, yeah. you know, I don't want to hear that. You know, I don't want to hear it. And he's, they just need to scrap it and use this as a platform to push all their own solo projects. I don't know why they didn't just go and, and have a competition about who could put their own project out faster. I felt like things would have been a little bit more interesting. Um, I think it would have been a better show. It would have been, it would have made more sense. Um, and then was, was, was what, I don't know where this house is. I feel like it's in Decatur. I feel, or on Campbellton. I feel like they got a big ass house on Campbellton. I don't, you know, one of the big ass houses, they went in and direct, uh, did it, do it yourself. It, they are literally, they are like, like grown ass women, very grown divas and then there's a bunch of DoorDash and a bunch of booze like a bunch of wine there's not a bitch in that house with a what out of a glass of wine in her hand or a cigarette and so just to paint a picture for you they're eating they're drunk they're all like music and dancing they probably went to the dance studio once like these bitches know what we came to see we don't want to hear a song and y'all know that y'all know what we want to see we want to see uh, the twins go at the other twins uh, and tear each other apart while Pam screams about how she's not a lesbian. She, she ain't gay no more. She's delivered, you know, and we want to see Keely um, run around there and, and say how she's not involved in the project because she's secretly insecure about where she stands, you know, as far as talent is concerned and, you know, she should be. She was never really the strong one in 3LW. But the gag is, you are Keely Williams of 3LW. You know what I'm saying? Like, regardless of what's going on, you had a few babies and all this, that, and the third, you are still Keely Williams. And is she, wasn't she Aqua from the, the Cheetah Girls? You are a Disney princess, bitch. Go get a waist trainer, uh, spend some of this money, get a little nip tuck if you want to, or shit, give them the body that they you got, honey, and go out there and put, get in this motherfucking group. She's trying to be the creative director. She's sitting on the sidelines, pretending like she's got better things to do, but in reality, she is the creative, I feel like the most creative she's ever gotten is her cult clothes she's been wearing, like, how she can mix and match her outfits, like, because she can dress, like, she's got some really good style. Um, Somebody else who's hot. Aubrey O'Day's body. I don't want to body shame her. I'm not body shaming her. Don't take this as me body shaming her because I love Aubrey O'Day's body. If I was inter interested in women, I would knock Shamari down a flight of stairs to get to Aubrey O'Day or Keely Williams. I think that is they are the sexiest things. Like I love a curvy woman. That is so sexy to me. Like a bitch that you know can eat, but also can wear some clothes. People got some good style. She'll go drink with you, shop with you, and suck you dry. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of bitches that Keely and Aubrey O'Day are, which they hate each other. When bitch, y'all are y'all are damn near the same bitch. You know what I mean? They are the same bitch. You know what I mean? They want to be the leaders, but they want to pass it off like, oh, you know. Well, wait, Kaylee Williams is technically the, mo the highest selling th with the Cheetah Girls, right? That would make her the highest selling of the group. Wow. So no wonder she's a little smug about everything. You got to watch this shit, bitch. Like, you really have got to watch this. Stop what you're doing. It's enough to binge. It's seven episodes in. Watch it. I'm not going to tell you no more. 
You gotta watch. We love Nivea. We knew we we're gonna love Nivea. I love me some Nivea. I'm a huge fan of Nivea. Um, you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. I ain't gonna say no more. I ain't gonna ruin it. That's enough spoilers for you. But just is good. Get you a nice snack. Get you a good blunt or some wine, some red wine. Um, girl, I'm going. Actually, as a matter of fact, this weekend I'm gonna make sure my good girlfriend Sin. Um, happy birthday, Sin. You know, his pat birthday just passed. Um, my older best friend, Sin, said that he hasn't, he hasn't seen the last six episodes. And I'm willing to go all the way, you know, to go see him. Like, it's worth it to watch it. Girl, bitch, I don't give a fuck where that bitch was. She could be in fucking Florida. It's worth the drive to get with your girlfriends and watch some shit like this. Get a box of wine, bitch. A boxed wine. And some snacks, some ribs or some shit like that. And a blunt or an edible. And bitch, go in. It's so good. I'm giving it five stars. It's C, it's C approved. It's, it's C approved. C list approved. I'll, I haven't approved anything for a very long time. This show is good. Okay, so... I started, who do I want next season? Okay, I want, I need, keep in the vein of the 3OW, I want um, Adrian Ballon. I don't think she'll do it, but I, after especially seeing this mess, um, but I need me some, I'm sorry, I need Adrian Ballon. Um, I want, um, I, I, I want Farrah. I'm almost a thousand percent sure Farrah Franklin got bought out or hushed. I'm sure Matthew Knowles and Beyonce put that money or to keep her fucking her mouth shut from joining this cast. But bitch, it's a whole new season, a whole new year. Scratch that um that fucking non-disclosure agreement and get your ass on that fucking ha- in that house, bitch. Or if if not her, Latavia. I could deal with Latavia. I loved her on R&B Divas. Okay. I loved her on R&B Divas. I want, um, I want someone from, um, 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 who else do I want? Damn, who do I want? I want someone, I want a, a, a rapper, a female rapper. Maybe, um, I would love, um, a, a oh, the brat. I would love the brat. Bring the brat's ass in there. Okay. Um, I would love, I want a singer. Uh, Shanice. Shanice, come on, girl. Come on. Girl, come on. Um, I want, um, damn, who do I want? I want, I want someone from Jade. Give me some, I want someone, um, a good, uh, I want I want a member from I want Adina I mean Athena Cage from Cut Close. Where's that four four five? That's five. Okay, I need four more girls. Um, I would love a um damn. I would love a um okay. We need a pop girl, uh, sort of like on Aubrey O'Day. Um, but who had a hood pass? Who would we want? Oh, I I want I want. I want T-Boz. That's six. I want T-Boz. I need T-Boz. Um, who do I want? 
I want a bitch from Dream. One of them bitches from Dream. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care who. Um, one of them hoes from Dream. Uh, any of them. Pick one because we don't know him. You know what I mean? Like, but we know he loves you. He loves you not, girl. You know what I mean? Like, that would be nice. A nice dream moment. It'll, it'll go back to that bad boy curse kind of thing. We want a solo artist. Um, okay, let's keep it bad boy. Give me, ooh, um, give me, oh, Tweet. Tweet could go in there. Tweet can go in there. She ain't too too big to go get a check. Tweet and shout out to Tweet. I want her on the show too. Come on, girl. Let's talk about this. Um. Okay, I need one more. I need a fire starter. One I know is going to set it off in that bitch. Like, um, a, a sure mess. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to... I'm going... I'm going to... I'm going to pull a wild card. I'm going to say... Give me one of them. Give me one of them young hoes from um, Fifth Harmony, Dinah Jane. Give me Dinah Jane. I would love that, Dinah Jane, from um, Fifth Harmony. That would be nice to even everything out. Dinah Jane. Who would y'all pick? What nine R&B girls would you have picked? To be on the next season of BT Encore because it's got to be another season, honey. It's got to be. I this shit is too good. I think R and B divas lost, you know, lost esteem. Um, but my goodness, BT the Encore is where it's at. It is C list approved in more ways than one. So there's that. Um, moving on. Um, if you're just tuning in, make sure you follow, rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. I don't do it for my health. Make sure you follow it. Share the love. Share the wealth. I guess I'm gym dropping. And I usually always gym drop around the last segment, love, sex, relationships. Um, segment where we talk about everything. The nasty, the forbidden, the um, unmentionable. Yeah. And some of the stuff that makes us cry. You know, I've... I've gotten, I'm not going to lie, I've gotten off this mic, bitch, and ran and cried in the shower. Like, you know, but this week, I want to touch on a topic that um, we talk about frequently uh, because I don't feel like people get it. Um, And this is from Cosmopolitan.com. Shout out to Cosmopolitan.com. Old Faithful. Um, A toxic relationship is just a cult of one. According to the author of the new book, Cultish, all you need to know to understand followers of a group like QAnon and Heaven's Gates is that what it feels like to fall in love. And I talk about this with my friends all the time. We, we, uh, my best friend, Sim, we had a mutual friend that we used to uh, know, and she kind of fell off because of a guy. She was completely like love struck to the point where she was, basically in denial about everything like life up was up and down and I remember telling him how you know what's scary to me is because I understand because we've all been there 
um, we're all just one bad um, or one one person to give us everything that we're looking for to forget everything that we know. If that makes any sense. And he didn't understand, but I thought this article would bring it home and like say what I'm trying to say. Um, when the love bombing began, I was so young that my cheeks were still round to, as snow globes. I met him two months, two months after my 18th birthday and two months before my high school graduation. When I say him, I mean my toxic ex. I tried to come up with code names for his own anonymity, but also because saying his real name still makes me queasy. Lately, I've settled on pseudonym Mr. Backpack because he was outdoorsy, but also because our relationship still weighs on my shoulders. And I look forward to the day I can finally take the load off. Untie my boots, pack a beer, and wistfully chortle about the time I slipped and nearly fell off an emotional cliff. Mr. Backpack was 29 with an acerbic wit and aloe green eyes. He was my friend's older sibling, so naturally I developed a crush. He had a sandpaper beard and a Scotch-Irish pale skin that bore more tattoos and scars than the baby face boys my age. And those eyes, which crinkled when he told me I was special, a genius. He swore I had something important to say to the world and that he'd help me figure it out. Our flirtation began with while I was finishing up seniors, senior finals and he was working on a movie set in California. I stole a Mr. Backpack's number out of my friend's phone at a slumber party and prank texted him some silly joke. Even after the message developed into long late night phone calls and Skype chats, I never considered it could be anything other than an unlikely friendship. After all, while, why would a 29-year-old man with a job and a life 3,000 miles away want anything from me um, whose greatest life accomplishment had something to do with an AP exam? A few weeks later, Mr. Backpack told me he was interested in me romantically. My guts plummeted because I genuinely hadn't seen it coming. To save face, I pretended that I had been on, in on our dalliance all along. He flew to the East Coast to sneak me off to a hotel room for the weekend, where we had sex for only the third time in my life. Drunk on half a glass of champagne, I tried to appear experienced unruffled, but there was no hiding it. I was a kid, and that's what he liked about me, naive and easily impressed. I just thought it was cool that he could legally buy alcohol and book a hotel room all by himself. The first time he told me he loved me, I was completely out of depth of my depth. At 18, I'd never seen been in love before. And I barely knew how to handle a load of laundry, much less a fully formed adult's physical and emotional needs. I didn't know what love was supposed to feel like. And losing the chance to experience it petrified me. So I told him I loved him back. Shortly after that, we came to an understanding that if we had an, any chance of com- working out, I'd need to move to, from New York City, the big electric island where I'd always planned to spend my adulthood, to Los Angeles where he lived, as soon as I finished college. He already had the whole, a whole life there, after all. And he hated New York. For three years, instead of doing normal thing, college things on the weekends and semester breaks, I would fly to meet him. I even graduated early so I could sooner join him per- permanently. Looking back, it's so obvious how culty our dynamic was. The overtop intention, the false promises, the blind trust, the withdrawal from the former life. I don't think Mr. Backpack set out to turn a teenage girl's life upside down. I don't think he seriously considered the power imbalance at all. But he liked the feeling of being worshipped for doing nothing extraordinary. 
When discussing cults, the term love bombing describes what in predatory relationships might be called grooming. Brainwashing is the cult-specific term for psychological abuse or gaslighting. With cults, you hear about financial exploitation, mind control, and isolation, which essentially means the same things as domestic theft. Throughout um, thought, pro- thought policing and avoidance. We call cult leaders charismatic gurus, while we call abusive lovers charming narcissists. As I got older and more self-assured, the power scales shifted, and Mr. Backpack got meaner and more reticent. I became so accustomed to phrases like, go fuck yourself, and do you hear how stupid you sound, that eventually they just turned to white noise. I told myself that the pain came with the territory of a relationship like this. I simply felt lucky with that a wise older man had chosen me at all. Following, me, following him seemed like my purpose, like the answer to the rest of my life. And the longer I stayed, the harder things got. The more faith I placed in him, I was 25 before I finally defected. Just about three and a half years later, I'm leading a new life that feels so very my own. I made a literary career work in California. I published my first book, Wonder Slut, in 2019, and I published my second, Cultish, The Language of Fantasism, last month. The book examines the social science of cult language in groups from Heaven's Gates all the way to SoulCycle and social media gurus. I'd always been fascinated by power abuse of leaders and the the followers they attract, in part because I thought I had nothing in common with those people. I believe the stereotype of those people who wind up in groups like the Moonies and the Manson family are desperate, disturbed, and intellectually deficient. I fancied myself immune to the pernicious charms of charismatic gurus. Then I began my research for cultish and quickly discovered that these judgments of cult followers not only are shallow assumptions, but that they also obscure the truth and that cultish influence shows up in places we might not even think to look. Our own relationships, for example, and none of us are above it. The labeling is different, but the techniques of conditioning and coercion are more or less equivalent. A toxic relationship is just a cult of one. And as for those who wind up staying in these situations the longest, their fatal flaw is not desperation, it's optimism. The idealistic belief that this person, this choice, is really the key to fulfillment. And if you happen to be suffering, just stay, stay strong and stick it out because your circumstances will get better. The questions onlookers tend to ask cult survivors sound just like the ones people sometimes ask me about my relationship with Mr. Backpack. Why did you even get involved with him in the first place? Didn't you see the signs? And then why didn't you just leave? I was aiming for true love, but youth made me vulnerable. And I was too green to understand that the difference between romance and control, between passion and toxicity, between adventure and chaos. All I knew was that Mr. Backpack, that Mr. Backpack had a sage look in his eyes and lots of promises. And I felt brave for chasing a love that others might not. For seven years, I waited for my relationship with Mr. Backpack to improve, forever telling myself that if I just thought or just toughed it out a few more months we'd finally be happy later while writing cultish i learned about loss aversion a behavior a behavioral economic theory that says human beings generally feel losses much more acutely than gains we convince ourselves to stay in negative situations from crappy relationships to lousy investments to cults 
with the belief that the win is just around the corner. Sometimes when I confide in a friend about that whole experience, they ask why my parents didn't try to stop it. I think, well, their hands were tied. Attempting to control me might have only pushed me away. Just like, my, like a parent watching their 18-year-old kid run off with a fringy spiritual group. They hoped if I'd get what I needed from it and one day safely come home. I wouldn't even tell my teenager self, teenage self not to start dating Mr. Backpack because first, I was stubborn as hell. So there was no way that advice would have worked. Second, I think being too careful in life prevents you from experiencing the most important parts of it. I've interviewed survivors of some historic history's most infamous cults, and almost all of them told me that they don't stew in regret because their experiences forced them to soak up every sunbeam of life on the other side. I'm starting to feel the same. What I would say to her, though, is that it's okay to be disloyal to someone who's hurting you. It's okay to stop and ask at any point during this, your relationship, who is this person that I'm going giving my power to? How much of my power are they taking and what are they doing, doing with it? Whether it's a lover, lover or a guru, it's never too late to cut your losses, to unload the heavy pack from your shoulders. Leave it on the mountain and turn back because the majestic view you hoped for isn't up there and it's not worth the climb anymore. It's okay to forgive yourself. We all have our baggage and to build a life that's so free and so yours. It's as if you've never lost anything at all. That was beautiful, Amanda. Wow. And on that note, that is our show. <laughs> that took a lot out of me. That took a lot out of me. Okay, that's our show, y'all. Um, I love y'all. Be free, and I will see y'all next week. Bye.